Happy New Year. Our key scripture this morning comes from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. As I was putting together some thoughts for this morning, I started asking myself, what is the difference between a church and any other human aid organization uh, on the face of the planet? Because when you start to think about some of the things that we offer to this community, um, people can find some of that stuff in other places. If they need food, they can find food in other places. If they need clothing, they can find clothing. If they need shelter, they can get all of these different things, even financial help from places that are very different than what a church should be. So what does that tell us? Well, it tells us that, number one, in a positive note, we are not the only ones who are taking care of others, which is good. Um, but it also tells us that our willingness to take care of others is not necessarily what sets us apart. So what is it then that makes us different? Well, in part, I think it is the why we do what we do, not the what we do. Does that make sense? And in particular, the thing I want us to focus on this morning is faith. Faith is something that sets us apart from any other group because other places can give out food, clothing, money, counsel, support. Other places can do what we do, but in a large part, it is our faith that distinguishes us from others because, because of our belief in God, we stand on more than food or clothes or encouragement because we say that we believe that there is a God that loves us deeply and richly and beyond that because that God loves us so much that no matter how difficult our current circumstances may be, as Kathy said, there is always hope for us. Because we don't just have faith that God is capable, which we do. But we also have faith that God loves us and wants the best for us. And we believe that God can change lives, bring meaning and purpose and salvation to all who are lost and without hope. And that it is this God who empowers us then to feed and clothe and counsel and give shelter and all these other wonderful things we can do. But faith, in and of itself, presents a challenge to us. And as much as I love this verse, I also dislike it immensely. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. And this is something that those who do not have faith struggle with when it comes to a relationship with God. Because you see, by definition... Faith requires that there are things we do not understand or know. By definition, 
if we understood it all and can control it all and can spell it all out and could say how everything is going to happen, then guess what? That's not faith. Faith requires us to have confidence in what we hope for and get this, assurance or certainty about what we do not see. And what that means for us is that if we are going to be people of faith, we have to be willing to step out into things that are beyond our control. We have to be willing to put ourselves into situations that may make us uncomfortable and that we don't fully understand. We are going to have to do at times things that are unthinkable to go to places that other people would not go. And the reason why we take all of these steps into the unknown is because of what? Faith. We believe that God will be with us. Now, here's what's hard to explain to those who do not believe in God. And it makes us, in their eyes, sound foolish. Is that we don't know, when we step out in faith, still what's going to happen. We still don't know. When we step out in faith, what's going to happen. But we step out anyway. And why? Because we believe that this God is capable of doing more than we can understand. We believe that God loves this world. And we believe that God wants us to go out into this world and to take everything that he has to offer to those who do not know him. And in a really difficult way, that is what distinguishes us from others. Is that as people of faith, we are supposed to have eyes that see past the limitations of the normal, the usual, the average, the just getting by. Eyes that look into the wide open frontier of God and say anything is possible. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And as I think about all that this morning, there is a question that comes to my mind which I want to put to you today. How do I view this uncertainty? How do I view the unknown? Because the human part of me wants to view the uncertainty and the unknown with fear. It sees all of the limitations. It sees everything that would make me fall off of that cliff. But faith demands. It requests that I look forward into the unknown, not with fear, but with promise that in the unknown, the God who loves me is waiting to do what I cannot imagine. 
some scriptures and some prayers and just talk about uh, looking, um, looking forward, um, remembering what God has done, uh, giving thanks for who he is and what he, what he has done in our lives, um, focusing on uh, the truth of his word and listening and then following that word. And, and as Bryce suggested this morning, uh, to go forward in faith. Uh, to where God may lead us, which is a, places we may not know yet. And so um, it is exciting. Uh, Wayne and I joined the, the leadership in the fall. I forget exactly what day that was, sometime early November or something. So we haven't had a lot of time yet um, to, to work together with uh, the holidays and all, but uh, I can say that... Um, it's really an honor to work with uh, the gentlemen that have been serving the past few years. They're they're uh, they're very honorable and and trustworthy and and mature men. And I think that um, in the short time that we've worked together, the five of us, there's already been uh, some really focused time of prayer and asking God for some specific direction and and already answer to those prayers. So. We're, I'm really excited about what the new year has in store for us. Um, we're not going this morning. Uh, all we're going to do basically is just share some scriptures um, and uh, and pray together and invite you to engage in that process. So um, in the in the seat racks are some notepads, or you might have you might have some paper or the back of a bulletin or or something. And we're going to just encourage you to to maybe jot down some notes. As we go through here, there's going to be three focused prayer times, and each of those prayer times, um, there may be some thoughts that come to your mind that you want to just uh, take note of or uh, jot something to remind you of. Uh, also, on in the bulletin are the scriptures we're going to read this morning, so they're listed in the bulletin, and they'll be up on the screen as well. Um, we went, we took a long time going through the story, right? Everybody remember going through the story. That was a, it was it was it was quite a process, but it was very um, it was very enriching, I think, for most of us. And one of the one of the great things as you as you read through the the stories of the Old Testament and into the into the New Testament are these these great stories of of faith. Uh, Bryce was talking about faith this morning, and you th- we think about um, one of the lessons we did in children's church a, a couple months ago is Joshua and and the Battle of Jericho, right? And Joshua is called to do this crazy thing, march around the city for, for six days. And, uh, and then on the seventh day, they march around for seven days. They, they shout, they blow their horns, and what happens? Uh, the, the walls fall down. And so there, there's these great stories of faith and people, um, God telling his people to do these, these, these things, and they follow. But what's also very interesting about what we learned in the story was there were periods where the people didn't listen to God. They didn't follow God. They forgot about God. They, uh, for whatever reason, they just, they got busy. And they forgot to remember all the things that, that God had done for them. And they forgot to trust in Him. And they, they started trusting in themselves. And when those, what happened when, they forgot God. When they stopped listening to God, when they start, stopped following God, then all sorts of calamity ensued in their, in their lives, in the lives of the nation of Israel. And so um, 
we want as as leadership we we want to as we as we look forward to this year to um, just spend some time uh, on these three um, these three ideas of looking at what God has done and praising God for who He is and giving Him thanks and then second thing we want to do is really look at uh, his word and just the treasure that we have in the gift of God's word and to reflect on Jesus being the word made flesh and dwelling among us and really thinking about what it means to follow the word. And then finally, we want to um, take some time to um, to just look ahead and to say, do we trust God and where he's going to lead us? And so um, we have these, these um, uh, sections of scripture reading. And, um, and then as the scriptures are read, each uh, different men will read the scriptures. And then uh, we'll head into a, um, a time of, of focused prayer. And as we do that, we'll ask you to engage in that process. So uh, I think Wayne's going to lead us off with... Uh, Psalm 100 here. And you'll see they are projected back uh, behind me. You may also choose to follow using a device or one of those things called, I think, books. Is that what they were called? Yeah, yeah. There are some of those uh, Bibles in the pew racks in front of you. Pew racks. <laughs> in the chair racks in front of you. Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Okay, I want to read uh, from Psalm 96, uh, 1 through 6. Great, it's up there. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, 
who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. There's, there's lots of these psalms of praise of just about who God is, but there's a lot of, a lot of psalms and a lot of scriptures that where the, the authors reflect back on the specific things that God has done. Um, they might recall how he rescued them from the hand of Pharaoh or how he delivered them across the Red Sea. And uh, there's, just, there's just numerous examples of these uh, scriptures that, that specifically uh, uh, spell out what God had done in their lives. And there's, there's lots and lots of scriptures, of course, that just talk in general terms of, of all the good that God has done. So we want to focus now on, on three scriptures that, that admonish us just to, um, to remember all that God has done. In, in the lives of his people. First Chronicles 16, 7 through 13. <clears throat> that day, David first appointed Asaph and his associates to give praise to the Lord in this manner. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, Tell all of his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he has pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Israel, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. Then from Lamentations 3, 19 through 24. I remember my affliction and my wandering, bitter bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning great is your faithfulness i say to myself the lord is my portion therefore i will wait for him psalm 105 verses 1 through 6 give praise to the lord proclaim his name make known among the nations what he has done Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. At this time, we're going to give you a, a couple of moments here in just a second to, uh, to go ahead and have some quiet time to reflect on things that you're thankful for. We want to encourage you to take a moment and actually jot it down, if you would. Uh, there are certainly the notepads in the chairs, many of you. Uh, myself, I prefer to use my phone or iPad myself. That way I can look at it later. Um, but, but we'd like you to take a few moments and really reflect on God's goodness and faithfulness to us. And, and as you do this, I'm going to suggest that sometimes um, 
we have a habit of of treating thankfulness kind of like we treat the weather. Now, that, that may not have made any sense at first, because a lot of things I say don't, and some of them never do. But, but I suggest it in this sense. In the, in the 50 plus, plus plus years that I've been around, um, I don't think I have ever heard someone say, gee, weather sure is normal this year, isn't it? That's not what people say. They say it's unusually hot or unusually cold or unusually rainy or unusually dry or it's really been foggy this year. They always talk about kind of what's, what's not right. And if we focus on that, it's hard to be grateful and to not realize that, that what we really have is we have enough. God gives us enough. may not be exactly the way we want it, but it's enough. And if we reflect on those things that are enough, we'll find there's a lot to be grateful for. I'm going to give you a moment of silence here to reflect on those things we're grateful for. ask that you pray with me in thanksgiving. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have given us uh, enough health, Lord, that we might be here today. We thank you, God, that you have given us enough energy and strength that we could crawl out of bed this morning. Father, we thank you that you have given us enough love that can we can reach out to our family and friends and support and encourage them father we we thank you lord for all of the many things people have thought about this morning father that they are grateful for and god we ask that you will move our hearts to to help us see every day more that we have to be grateful for and help us not to be like petulant little children who who instead of, of being grateful and thankful, who instead simply want more and want it all. Help us, Father, to appreciate that you have given us enough. We pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. A curious thing happened uh, when the, when the uh, uh, nation of Israel became divided into two nations, Judah and Israel. Uh, both nations went through a series of, of kings. Some kings were, were good and some kings were very bad. And uh, along the way, there was a period of time when 
they lost or misplaced, forgot about the law. It went missing. It's like, well, how does that happen? It's hard for us to imagine that in our world of technology and inf the information age because we have constant information. Nothing like that could be lost. And yet it was. And it was indicative of how people had lost their way because um, they didn't have God's word. God's word wasn't present. It wasn't present in their lives. They didn't know what it was. And when the law was found and it was read, King Josiah was like, he tore his, he was in, he was in just horror because they had missed the boat. They had missed all the good things that God had promised them in his law. And they weren't following it. We want to be people who are close to the Word of God. Who know the Word of God. Who love the Word of God. Who love the promises that God has for us. And who are faithful in following the truth that He has laid out for us. And so, in this next section, we want to, we just want to focus on how the beauty of God's Word. And that that Word actually became flesh and dwelt among us in our Savior. And so, we can know the Word. And the Word is present with us. And may we never, ever get to a point where we lose the Word of God in our lives. Let's focus on these scriptures. Starting with Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. The next se section is uh, from... Psalms uh, 119, 41 to 48. May your unfailing love come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I can answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I have put my hope in your laws. I will always obey your law forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. I will speak of your statutes before kings and will not, put, will not be put to shame, for I delight in your commands because I love them. I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate 
on your decrees. Psalms 119, 97 through 106. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate, it. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. From the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Again from John chapter 1, verses 14 through 18. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Again from uh, John chapter 14, verse 21, Jesus himself says, Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. In Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40, um, Jesus is asked this question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And in Matthew 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. 
So again, we'll take a couple moments here to, to, you can write on your little pad thoughts that may come to mind that you might want to look back on later. But we'll reflect on uh, God's truth and, and, and that Jesus himself is the very embodiment of, of the truth of, of, the, of God. Um, in the scriptures, it says about Jesus, it says, I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So also, I, I want to encourage us as we move into 2020, uh, that's exciting in itself. We're moving into a new decade. But let us commit to listening more careful, carefully to the word of truth. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've been into many, many buildings, uh, warehouses, commercial buildings, homes, when the only light I had was my flashlight. And it's scary in there. If that light goes out, it's scary. And, I mean, we, we're moving into 2020, and we have a light. Jesus' word, God's word, is the light It's a that lights the way for us. And uh, so we should be excited about that, but I, I hope we can all develop a passion to to day by day get up. And it's so easy on our phones now to if you use a phone and the U version they have all these plans for daily bible reading it's so easy to just pick it up and do that and and then you move into your day with with God's word right there uh in your heart in your mind so uh let's just uh take a moment and and then I'll lead a prayer so I'll give you some time Holy Father, uh, I would like you to, I'm asking you, Father, if you'd help each one of us to commit to studying your word, to reading your word, to leaning into your word and your direction and your guidance that you give us, Father. Uh, it is a light for us, Father. And as we read your word, Father, help us to, to just take it from our intellect and put it into our hearts and our actions so that we might uh, glorify you in all that we do. Um, Father, uh, I, I know we can, I know we make uh, New Year's resolutions often and so many times we don't even get through a month. Father, help us to get through the year and, um, and beyond. Lord, may we look forward with eager anticipation to this coming year and to having your light shine before us. And I 
pray this in Jesus' precious and holy and powerful, strong name. Amen. Amen. Um, a little bit of a paradox. We're called to, to remember, uh, to look back and, and look at all the great things that God has done in our lives. And, and it, it, it reminds us of how powerful God is and how great he is and the wonderful things he's done throughout uh, our history. And I hope as we went through that first section, you brought to mind some specific things. Um, for me, it was um, had to do with my children. And I was just thanking God that, that in spite of all my mistakes, God still produced really great kids. Um, and that was one thing I was, I was thankful for in looking back. Um, the paradox is we're called then to forget the past and look forward. And, and what, what is it that we should forget? Well, I think forget the mistakes, leave their regrets behind. Um, God has forgiven us. He says, I, from as far as the east is from the west, I've, I've remembered your sins no more. And so if he's forgot them, then we need to forget them too, right? And so um, as we look forward to this new year, we're called, that's what we're called to do. We're called to look forward. We're called to, to press forward, to go forward, to have, as Bryce uh, talked about, these, this faith that says, wherever God leads us, wherever God leads me, I'm going. And wherever he leads us as a body, we're going. And so um, uh, these next scriptures that, that we're going to, uh, to read just talk about putting our trust in God and really believing that he is God and that he knows what's best for us. And so let's, um, let's share some of these scriptures uh, together as we, as we look forward to where God is going to lead us um, in this next year and this next decade. The scriptures um, for this third section uh, are Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And then Isaiah 43, 18, and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all 
your heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. Philippians 3, verses 10 through 14. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so, somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen. Anybody struggle with anxiety? <laughs> Not me. A couple of things. One, one of my favorite uh, things to, to think about moving forward is, is from a stupid movie I watched years ago. Uh, called Cannonball Run, and they were all leaving from New York and headed to L.A. as fast as they could. And this little uh, Italian guy got in his sports car with his with his cute little wife, and the first thing he did was he reached up, he grabbed the rearview mirror off the windshield, tore it off, and threw it out the window. And she said, what are you doing? He said, what's behind us? We don't care. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, a, that's an interesting thing to think about because it's – it's what's behind us that has made us who we are today. Mm-hmm. So you can't forget about it, but you can't dwell on it either. And that's one of the things I like to say is oxymoronic things about being Christians, is that God has, has given us that road to go down, and he knows what path we're on, and we don't. And so it's hard to sometimes to, uh, <clears throat> to go down that path when we don't know what's down that path. And that's the whole trust and faith thing that we're trying to talk about today, especially coming into a new decade, coming into the new year. Every year we think about this stuff. What's the new year going to bring? What's the new year going to bring? And we always want to know, but we don't get to know. You know, sometimes we look back and we think about all the things that that happened to us that were bad or or whatever. Throw the rearview mirror out the window. It's what made us, but it's not what is going to lead us. So, um, Hebrews 12. Hebrews is such an awesome chapter in the Bible. So much ground covered. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that is set before us, before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured 
So that's opposition for sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So take a moment before I pray to consider what I just talked about. What's behind us, we don't care. And we're going to move forward in the new decade, the new year, the new life. And maybe write those things down. But take a moment. Heavenly Father, we just uh, come to you now and, and ask for, for guidance for us as leaders to put behind us anything that is preventing us from being close to you and close to your word and being able to hear and accept your guidance for us as a church, for us as a leadership, and for us as each and every member that's here today to put off what's behind us and to move forward and look forward to the path that you have set in front of us. We thank you for everything you've done for us in the past, regardless of how tough that might be to deal with. It is what you've set in store for us, and there's a reason for everything. Someday we'll get to see you, and we'll know why. And, that, and we're thankful for that. Moving forward, Father, we just ask for guidance. Help us to keep our ears open, our eyes open, that we can see you in everything that we do and everything that we think about. We thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So uh, I've had several people ask me over the past month or so whether I am someone who likes to make New Year's resolutions, and uh, I am not particularly someone who likes to make New Year's resolutions because I find the entire idea um, a little bit, uh, well, what do you do when you make a New Year's resolution in general? And maybe this is just my, this is just my perception of it, but the first thing we have to do is identify everything that is wrong with us, usually physically. You know, uh, this is, I'm overweight, or I'm out of shape, or I'm this, or I'm that. or You know, what are always the top two uh, resolutions that people make every year? It's almost always exercise and diet, every single time. Um, and so it's kind of, uh, from that perspective, it's a little bit of an interesting exercise in that for most people, for a lot of people, New Year's resolutions start with figuring out what's wrong about you. Uh, and figuring out what you need to change. And then the important thing is that you come up with a plan for when the calendar turns over. And we use the calendar basically as a tool to help motivate us. Like, this is when everyone else is changing something about themselves. Maybe I should change something about myself now as well. And I don't know if any of you have ever belonged to a gym for any part in time, but the beginning of the new year, that place is packed 
packed with people. The, you couldn't get on a treadmill as, unless you make a reservation like a week in advance. Uh, that's how hard it is to do that. And then, but here's what happens, and it's what's so funny. Uh, you know, as the new year uh, kind of inches closer and people have made these these ideas in their heads, uh, the pressure is on to come up with the plan for how you are going to conquer whatever it is you're going to do this next year. And it's particularly ironic in the category of weight loss because what comes right before your resolution to lose weight? Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, right? Uh, we were with Nisha's family uh, over most of that time, and there was food out constantly, like you on, on every, sur- uh, part of that was because there were nine children in the house. So there was food on every surface. Um, but as it gets closer, the pressure is on and, and you have to come up with your plan. But then and you know what happens, right? Um, if you reach New Year's Day and you don't have your plan yet, then what do you say? Well, I guess 2021 is going to be the year <laughs> that I'm going to make I'm going to make that change. But even so, we see that people even who have plans and are extremely motivated to do something, what often happens with those plans, they're they're dropped fairly quickly. Okay, so I'm a little bit cynical about the idea of resolutions. So let's contrast that for a second with what we've done this morning. Um, what is important about the exercise that we went through today? I know uh, it, it seems like, well, having, getting up here and reading a bunch of scriptures and just asking you to, like, write down things and pray for things, it can seem like, you know, it seems valuable on the surface, but what is actually valuable about it? Well, as we said earlier, we are people of faith. And as people of faith, it means that we believe that God is going out in front of us. We believe that God uh, loves us and cares for us. But more than that, we believe that if, if we will step out in faith, then God will guide where it is that we go. And that's part, while we leave the junk behind us, it's part of what is valuable about looking back is we can look back and we can look back at the times where we didn't know what was going to happen and we stepped out and God blessed us by giving us what we needed to go where he wanted us to go. But guys, this is one of the huge things about faith. We have faith that God has a plan. We have faith that God has a plan. But this is the irony of it. We have faith that God has a plan, but how do we go about making plans for ourselves spiritually or as a church? It is really easy for us, I would argue, to want to have faith that God has a plan for us, but to get nervous about what that plan is, and so we make our own plans. And here's the thing. We... We can't discover what it is that God has for us if we don't ask him what it is. 
And we can't discover the territory that God wants us to move into if we don't pause and look at who he is and ask him for the guidance to take us where he wants us to go. Now, don't misunderstand me. We, do we as an organization have a plan moving forward? Yes, and we are working on it all the time. But here's the thing that I want to be, and this leadership wants to be sensitive to today, and that is this. If we are left to make plans without asking God first, then our plans will automatically be limited. They will automatically be limited. They will be made based on how much money we have or don't have, the resources that are available to us or not available to us, what we think we can do, you see, and what we think is not possible. And those decisions have to be made sometimes as people who believe in God, but those decisions are not always faith decisions, you see. They're not always faith decisions because we're not stepping out into the unknown. We are trying to control the outcome. And I think it's one of the hardest things for us, honestly, as people of faith. It's not to say that God loves us. We believe that. It is to step out into something where we don't always control the outcome and where we don't know what will happen. And outside of these walls, for people who don't believe in God, that seems like the dumbest possible thing you could do. And it is. If you have not first seeked out God. Because what faith tells us is that when we seek out God, what will he do? He will answer. And that answer doesn't always look like, if you go here, you will do this. Sometimes that answer just looks like, why don't you go here? Sometimes it looks like, why don't you try this? Sometimes it looks like, have you considered this possibility? Think about when God calls Abram in Genesis chapter 12. What does he tell him? Does he tell him everything he needs to know and that everything is going to be great if he'll just go? Not really. Instead, he tells him to leave. And Abraham is forced to make a choice. He could have stayed home, which felt normal and comfortable and good. But God had given him just the first piece, which is, if you go, I will go with you. It's a question of, of faith. Would he trust that God has a plan or not? 
would he take that first step into the unknown and into what God had for him? We limit what is possible when we plan without God, but when we seek God out, the things that seem like limits can oftentimes disappear. Because our God is greater than the things that limit us and hold us back. And so perhaps in starting a new year, one of the most important things we can do is not to stand back and say, this is everything we're going to accomplish this year. But instead to say, God, we are open to where you want us to go. Will you show us what the first step is? And may we, as people of faith, recognize that step and be bold enough to take it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. God, faith is challenging. Trusting you is challenging. It shouldn't be, but it is. Because it calls for us to step out into the unknown. But God, will you help us to reflect on all the times where the unknown became known because you walked with us? God, will you help us to see the times where things that we didn't think were possible became possible because you were guiding those steps? And God, as we take our steps into this new year, Father, will you help us not to look forward with a sense of hesitancy, fear, or limitation, but with a sense of anticipation, God, knowing that you are capable and able to do more than we can ever imagine. Help us not to grow weary of what you might have in front of us, but to be patient and willing to listen and wait for you. Help us to see the steps that you want us to take and to excitedly walk out into the unknown of where you might lead us. For God, we believe that without your leading, we will get nowhere. And we don't want to take a step without you. So will you show us, will you lead us? May we see, may we hear, may we follow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you have any needs this morning, we would love to pray for you, to encourage you. We invite you to come forward as we stand singing the song together.